why does Jesus wear Crocs for? Let me guess. Because they're holy. <laughs> uh, hi, it's me, NCR, here with another episode of the Sunshining Podcast. Uh, so since I started season three of the Sunshining Podcast, I've become better at telling jokes, I feel like. And, you know, I even wanted to, I was even thinking maybe, hey, I could, you know, do some, like, just funny video, like, comedian videos kind of me telling jokes or whatever and then like insert like fake laughs whatever and I can't remember I was thinking to use a fake laugh on like like a crowd laugh like because in video editing you can get you know sound effects and stuff and use a laugh in a, a, one of my episodes from my podcast I can't remember if I did that um but I, it's not even necessary because I'm like my jokes are so funny like I'm just like but I was thinking that would, like, even if I don't tell funny jokes, that would make it funny if I had, like, a laugh, uh, like, a fake laugh. Because, like, I tell a joke that's not funny, and then, you know, have a fake laugh there that everyone would laugh. But, hey, my jokes are funny. That was a funny joke, right? Um, <laughs> okay. So, yeah, if this is your first time tuning into the Sunshine Podcast, I'm glad to have you. And I encourage you to stay tuned to the very end. Have an amazing guest from the show today. But before we get to him and, and my conversation with him... I just have a few more things I want to say. So you're probably wondering why I opened this episode with a joke about Crocs. Well, it's similar to uh, the the episode I uh, did about freedom. Um, I just, you know, where I had some horse picture, pictures of myself riding a horse and some footage, of my, video footage of myself riding a horse. And they made me think about freedom. And then, yeah, similar situation. I have like a pile of pictures of my Crocs. I literally... You know, some people take, and I, like, yeah, lots of cat pictures. I take lots of croc pictures. Like, literally. Like, I, I feel like I have a lot. Um, and I purposely, like, whenever I see a good croc picture, like, just a nice scene, like, maybe my croc is, you know, like, maybe my foot. <laughs> this sounds funny. Is it, like, pine needles or whatever. Um, yeah, take a picture of that. Because, you know, looks like the pine needles and the yellow crocs look good together. Or... You know, maybe black pavement, yellow Crocs, that looks good together. Or, you know, so I'm just like, whenever I see, or another scene that I like is also steps. I love to take pictures of like, and, and honestly, this, it doesn't really matter what kind of footwear you're wearing, but I'm wearing Crocs. But the the, the, the pictures were like, one foot's on one step, other foot's on another step. It, just, it looks really nice. Uh, especially in the fall. I have a really good one that I personally like. Um... And maybe the picture would look better, you know, hey, if I was wearing a fancy, like, dress shoe or something. I don't know. Because it's really nice. Just a picture of, yeah, my, well, not of my feet, but of my footwear, which happens to be Crocs. Okay. So, that's why, okay, enough of that. So, that's why, yeah, the cute, the that's kind of why I picked the, the topic of adventure. And then also, another reason is my guest, uh, you know, besides being a writer, he also, he loves adventure. Um, yeah. So we're going to talk about adventure some in this episode. We're also going to talk about motivation some. But let me continue talking about Crocs because, you know, I there's a lot of people who hate Crocs. I have, uh, well, I don't know if they necessarily hate them. I have this good friend of mine who bugs me about my Crocs every once in a while. Um, and but you know, it, you know, and I've seen lots of funny memes about memes about Crocs, but there's it's kind of hard to find a good joke about Crocs. So, I, I don't know. Anyways, that joke that I opened with is one of my favorites. It's, it's a funny joke. You know, I like to open my, my you know, my podcast with jokes. And, and like I said, I've been doing that for a while. And I've, for the first few episodes, you know, I've gotten better at it. But one thing I hate is when you just, you know, you listen to a joke and you just laugh. And you don't really think about it too much. So there's another joke that I want to share with you here. Yeah, this is a special episode. Well, I mean, every episode's a special episode. I say that about every episode. But this one's going to be special because I have two... Well, yeah, I'm going to have two jokes. So another joke that I just want to share with you and I want you to think about for a bit is this joke right here. What type of footwear does Captain Hook avoid wearing? Let me guess. Crocs. You know, I know this is just a joke and I don't know if I'll take all the fun out of it, but I... I by like doing this but I want to do like a deep dive into this joke and yeah share an analogy with you crocs are great footwear for adventures and I'm pretty sure that you know Captain Hook like the joke said avoids wearing crocs and we all know why 
and I'm it'd be my guess that you know Jesus wears Crocs because they're holy Peter Pan wears them because they're fun and I bet Peter Pan wears them on all his adventures I know I do and so I'm about to share what you know may be a bad analogy but let's compare Jesus or, or God to Crocs he's that one thing that you need on every adventure that if you just leave behind it makes the adventure horrible you know like a water bottle you know a good pair of footwear if you yeah if you don't want to wear crocs <laughs> um but you know or a sleeping bag or um yeah change your clothes dry clothes i don't know food snacks whatever you know he's that one thing that you need on every adventure that if you leave behind just makes that adventure horrible and so i just want to encourage you to not be like captain hook don't leave God out of your out of your life because yeah he is that one thing that you need and if you avoid God you know you're going to miss out on the adventure that he wants for you let me say that again i don't know who you are but i do know one thing if you avoid God you will miss out on the adventure that he wants for you so i just want to encourage you not to be afraid to let God on your ship He's not too big that he will make it sink. In fact, he might even make it fly. <laughs> uh, well, I have probably said enough for now. Let's dive into the episode. So you, you are a writer, uh, and I like to have writers on my podcast, but you're also an adventurer. And so as much fun as it, as it would be to, to, to start talking about your writing, we'll, oh, we'll get to it soon. Let's start by talking about some of your adventures. So Yeah. Yeah, your your adventure started in Canada, and now you're in Africa. How did um, how did you end up in Africa? Yeah, so definitely a bit of a story there. So I was born in sort of a small town um, in northern Ontario, a few hours from the capital, um, and it was actually a nuclear town. Uh, basically, most of the people there were scientists who worked a nuclear reactor, and my dad was a pastor, right? So a small town, my dad pastored there. Um, and then when I was around I think six or seven, my parents started really feeling a strong call to the missions field. And so that was what originally got us looking at Africa. And so we talked with different churches, started raising support. And then, yeah, when I was seven, we moved to Malawi. And so that was actually the first time I saw Malawi was when uh, we landed at the airport. So that was quite the adventure. Uh, we were in Malawi first for two years, 2010 to 2012, I think. And then we had to take a bit of a longer furlough as we changed organizations. But then we've been back in Malawi since 2014. So it's been about nine years now, a bit more, that we've been in Malawi. So over half my life now, which is kind of crazy to think about. That's cool. So yeah, your, your family is a missionary family in, in Africa? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and they've been doing that nine years. Jason? Yeah. Yeah. Around about. I'm trying, uh, it's, it's, it's not very good in the morning. So I'm trying to think of, <laughs> um, no worries. Yeah. I'm the same. Um, you know, it's really, how, how large is your family? There are six of us now. So um, when we first moved here, uh, it was just the three of us older kids. And then our little sister came along in 2014, right before we moved back. That's cool, yeah. So what, what is it like to be, uh, yeah, to be in a foreign country with a large family? I don't know, it's, it's an interesting experience for sure. And in a lot of ways, difficult to describe um, if you've never had similar experiences. But I mean, I would personally just say it's a really interesting and amazing experience because your worldview gets broadened. You have so many new and fresh experiences, right? And so like, I'm definitely a very different person because of living abroad than I would have been if I just stayed in North America, right? And that's not to say that you know, you can't have an amazing, vibrant life if you stay in North America, but it's a very different life um, if you've lived abroad and just a lot of, a lot of unique experiences, right? Um, you'll find that uh, there are a few people who 
share experiences, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So it's really very interesting. Um, and yeah, unique as well, I guess. Mm-hmm. Cool. So besides uh, Africa, how many other countries have you been to? I think I've been to 24 at this point. Kind of depends on how you count, because like some were just day trips, right? I believe um, like visiting Oman was just a day trip, for instance. Um, if you want to round up, I've been to 26 or 27, um, but I generally count it as 24, like countries that I've actually spent a decent amount of time in. And yeah, I should have asked this question um, a little earlier before I asked the question of how many countries you've been to, but you know, um, Canada and Africa, which one do you feel is a more home at? Okay, first off, I just want to say that I love that you asked me that question, um, because basically everybody assumes that Canada's my home, but the real answer is a little more complicated, I guess. Um, Probably the safest way to put it is that there's a very large part of my heart in both countries, right? Um, At this point, I feel like Malawi is more home to me. But I I still consider Canada home in certain other aspects, right? Like where a lot of my extended family is, right? And Mm -hmm. so in that sense, Canada's home, even though I guess I feel at home in Malawi, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I totally, I totally understand because I don't know if you know this about me, but I, um, my family, like I lived the first 10 years of my life in Texas, and then we lived 10 years in Canada, in Northern Alberta. And so I kind of... Yeah, I kind of understand how, yeah, it can feel more at home in another country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, so talking about adventures and stuff, you like to go on adventures? Yeah, absolutely. So it feels like sometimes they're few and far between when I get a real adventure. But um, as often as I can, just, you know, get out into nature or, you know, go climbing somewhere, just whatever I can find, whenever I can do it. Yeah, I love having unique and varied experiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your favorite type of footwear for adventure? Or for uh, adventure? <laughs> uh, I guess that probably depends on the kind of adventure. If it's outdoor, I'll generally just stick with hiking boots, right? Can't really go wrong safest option um if it's a little closer to home i actually go barefoot quite often mm-hmm. uh, i just don't love shoes overall mm-hmm. I, I don't know it's kind of a missionary kid thing particularly african missionary kids mm-hmm. not sure why but a lot of us just love running around barefoot whenever we can mm-hmm. so yeah i remember when i was a kid i used to love to go around barefoot but i don't do that as often anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what is one thing you always take with you on an adventure? Mm. Probably most often just a good old pocket knife. I keep one in my pocket like 90% of the time, even when I'm at home. Just, it's useful for various things. Uh, yeah, I remember like, this is kind of a wacky example, but uh, last Christmas Eve, uh, we were at a restaurant here in Malawi and the restaurant was about ready to close down. Um, so they gave us our food and they were like, yeah, you can still like stay on the premises, right? Um, but we'll just close down the main restaurant. Uh, and we realized after they'd mostly locked up that they hadn't given us any knives, right? So a bit of a wackier adventure, but pocket knife always comes in handy right ended up I think cutting our food with pocket knife I'm going on an international adventure though they don't exactly love pocket knives so I would say there probably a book is a much safer option to bring through an airport (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah that's it yeah so Besides um, going on adventures and stuff, um, you're also a writer. 
uh, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've been writing for, well, writing seriously for three or four years now. So uh, that's definitely an adventure of its own, but something I really love. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how did you get started writing? Yeah. Um, so I guess for me, that's a bit of a process, right? Um, the earliest I can remember sitting down to write something was when I was seven. It was shortly after we'd moved to Malawi. And I decided to write a historical fiction novel about this dad who I think goes off to fight in Bunker Hill, at the Battle of Bunker Hill, right? And I don't think I got more than like half a page in before I ended up stopping writing, but that was kind of the origin of my explorations in writing. And then I, I think much much more recently, because I kind of dropped it after I was seven for a bit, um, but in middle school, I took this course called Cover Story, where you write your own magazine, right? So it had like a whole bunch of different articles in it, short stories. And that just kind of sparked my love for writing again, because I've been a bookworm basically since I learned to read, right? But then in middle school, I started writing more. And so after that, I took a few writing courses, but really what I consider the culmination of um, just enjoying writing the occasional short piece to actually taking writing seriously was when I took the one-year adventure novel program. So for me, it's largely been courses that have moved me along. Um, And yeah, in the one-year adventure novel program, you basically write an entire novel over the course of one year. So that was the first time that I was really seriously writing a longer project. And I wrote a historical fiction novel again then. Um, And so, yeah, again, that was just kind of when I got more serious about it. Uh, Sorry about that. Phone is ringing. She cut it off. so yeah, when I got more serious about writing was when I took the OIN, OIN curriculum. And then since then, I've just kind of been writing when I got the chance, um, still really enjoying it um, and taking it seriously. But it wasn't until, I guess, earlier this year that I attended a writing summit. My word. Sorry about that. I will just switch my sound totally off. So yeah, when, when I attended that writing summit, it was kind of the first time that I seriously started thinking, you know, like, what if I could take my writing to the next level? Because before I loved writing, but I'd always just viewed it as a hobby, right? Because I knew that publishing is just like this really big challenge. And I always kind of thought, you know, not for me. I love writing, but the publishing world, that that's too far for me. And I don't know, just something about that conference shifted my view and I started thinking about it more seriously. And at the time I was still thinking, it was kind of just like that question of what if I did take this seriously? And I was like, nah. But the idea has persisted to the point where um, I guess in a matter of months, I've actually changed so that even though I still plan to have um, kind of quote unquote an ordinary career, I would love to be a published author one day, and I'm actually taking steps towards making that a reality, right? Including building up a bit of a platform, writing regularly, like putting this into my schedule rather than just doing it as a weekend thing, right? So it's kind of been interesting to me to see that evolution um, as I progressed along my writing journey. Mm -hmm. Um. So how many books have you written so far? So full novels, I've written two so far. Um, So I had my historical fiction novel that I wrote for the one-year adventure novel curriculum. And then earlier this year, I completed a thriller. So that one's on the shorter side, I think about 66,000 words, but I'm actually hoping to uh, dive more deeply into that next year. Right now, I'm just getting beta feedback. And so I'm hoping to flesh that out, um, really make it start to shine. I don't know if I'll seek publication with it yet, um, but I think it has potential. And right now I'm working on a steampunk novella. So that one's kind of just 
a fun project. I'm seeing where it takes me, right? Um, just learning more about the craft as I write this film. But yeah, so far, um, two full novels and working on a novella. So have you published any of your books yet? Not yet, no. Um, it's still, still a dream for sure. And I think hopefully within the next five to 10 years, it could become a reality, right? It's one of those things where you have to slowly build. I've only gotten serious about publishing within the last year, like I mentioned. But yeah, I, I do think I can get there um, as long as I'm just building towards it and taking things one step at a time. Mm -hmm. um, besides writing books, do you also have a blog? Not yet, um, though I am building one. I've been working on it over about the last month, but unfortunately my studies have been keeping me busy, but I'm, I'm working on one, hoping to have it launched within the next month, I wanna say, but I don't have a firm deadline yet. Mm -hmm. um, what, I, kind of another question related to, you know, you living in two different countries, I'm just gonna ask how your, how has your education looked? Um, what, what does that look yeah. like? Yeah, so, grades like one to eight I was basically just homeschooled right um so did all of my school at home um my mom was not my teacher so much as um like I had various curriculums and then she would help me um move through those make sure I was proceeding at a good pace and when I got stuck on something she was there right and then in high school I started mixing um homeschool and doing online courses um since I'm actually, officially, I'm an Ontario resident, so a um, bit of a complicated process there. But yeah, I was taking courses that officially were accredited in Ontario, but I was doing them online, right? So they were all live. It was a really good school. Um, bit of a time difference. You know, I sometimes had classes up to like 11.30 p.m., which could be pretty rough. But um, I mean, it, it was an amazing school. Um, got a Got a solid education there in addition to what I've been doing from school and then uh, now I'm in college I'm doing a uh, one-year pre-health program hopefully uh, with the intent of becoming a paramedic um, but because of COVID it's actually all online still so I'm in Malawi for one more semester and then things will probably go back to in person in January so yeah I'm in Malawi for a bit more still continuing those studies mm -hmm. Um, what is what does winter look like in Africa? And is it winter there now, or is it summer there now? I think because in the southern hemisphere, isn't it the opposite season? Um, yeah, yeah, it's basically flipped from the northern hemisphere, like you're saying. So we're in the summer right now it's not the hottest time of the year hottest time of the year is next month which we are dreading because it gets pretty brutal then um for those who work in celsius it can hit above 40 degrees during the daytime um unfortunately i don't know what that is in fahrenheit but it gets just brutally hot um so yeah we're moving towards that um and yeah like you mentioned it is um, the reverse of North America. So mm -hmm. while you guys are getting colder and colder, we're getting hotter and hotter. Mm -hmm. But yeah, good news is the, so the seasons kind of work differently here. I should just mention that because that's interesting to a lot of people. So the way they work here, I'll just start in kind of December-ish. December is when the rains start and they last till March or April generally and that's called rainy season here so that's when everybody plants their crops most people here grow maize or field corn and so that's rainy season then you move into cold season there's not much rain then usually one or two light showers um, but the temperature is pretty nice then daytime is generally around 20 degrees maybe a bit colder and then so that's roughly when you would have summer in North America right and then 
right now we're moving into hot season, which is just when things get brutally hot. Um, and interestingly, around now is also what they call in some places hunger season. Um, because since they only can plant during the rains, often there are more and more food shortages this time of year as their food runs out, right? Because most people here are subsistence farmers. They just, they eat what they can grow, basically. Um, and the food starts running out, especially if there wasn't a good harvest the previous year. So yeah, we're moving into hot season and around now is when hunger season starts for some people as well. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of jumping around on my questions here. Uh, <laughs> where do you where do you see yourself in ten years? Yeah. So, I guess on the career side, that's probably the easiest to answer. Um, if I follow my current plans, I'll probably be practicing care practicing paramedics. Sorry. Um, and on the writing side, hopefully a published author within 10 years. Uh, that's definitely the goal and the dream. Um, good news is often paramedics work part-time, right? So ideally I'd have time to both be a paramedic and that way I can, you know, get some hands-on experience as well. I feel that's really important for authors to live life a little, right? And to just have that broader understanding. Um, but then, yeah, also ideally I'll have the time to write and publish and yeah, otherwise really hard for me to say where, like even what continent I'll be on, if I'm honest, um, cause I, I'm the kind of guy who can live anywhere pretty much. Right. Um, so where I am, who I'm with, hard to say, but yeah, that, that's kind of what I, what I would guess right now, practicing paramedic and hopefully mm -hmm. either published or working on publishing. I want to ask you just a question about identity and do you see yourself more as you know a writer or more as a doctor or and then also in relation to like Christianity um I'm trying to think how to word it because <laughs> I I know that you know some people are more you know maybe spiritually minded more Christian or or um and then some people, they might just say they're Christians, but then they don't really live like it. So just, um, yeah, who, I guess, who do you, I don't know, how do you see yourself? You know? Yeah, yeah, that's a really interesting question. Um, and I mean, nailing down your identity is always interesting, both in how you perceive yourself and in how others perceive you. Mm -hmm. I would say that, in terms of your first question, like as more of a paramedic or a writer, is definitely a mix. Um, my experiences right now definitely lean more towards writer, right? Um, just because that's what I've done a lot of. You know, I've been doing it for years now, whereas I haven't yet worked as a paramedic or even been able to go through paramedic school. I'm currently basically just doing like preparatory, um, a preparatory degree. Um, so yeah, I definitely view myself more as a writer at the moment, but at the same time, I'm sort of the kind of active guy that like, I've often said, if you stick me behind a desk for the rest of my life, that's the surest way to kill me, right? I need to be doing something. I need to be moving around. Um, and so that's why paramedic drew me in large part, um, also because I love helping people, right? Um, and so I kind of looked at paramedic and I thought, you know, this is practical, it's hands-on, and I'll be doing something meaningful. Um, rather than just you know working as an accountant or yeah you know being a sales clerk or whatever so it's meaningful um and I can move around but then I also love writing right so it's kind of a mixture of the two doing both is really ideal for me because I get to have sort of both those sides of my personality meet if I do both um but then yeah in terms of my um walk with Christ I definitely um consider myself the committed Christian, right? Um, I, I'm fairly close with God, I would say. Um, and of course, you know, what that means from person to person can vary. But like, 
my faith is just such an integral part of who I am that like it affects everything I do, right? It affects my writing, it affects my career choices. Um, you know, it affects my decisions on a day-to-day basis, you know, um, the words I say, all of it, right? Um, so I just kind of try to live um, a holistic Christian lifestyle, if that makes sense, right? Where my faith and my relationship with God is just really the most pivotal part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, so when I was contacting you about being a guest on my podcast, you know, and asked what you wanted to talk about, you said you could talk about motivation some because um, that's something that writers need, I guess, motivation. Yeah. Yeah. Let me look at the message again. Yeah, just staying motivated as a creator. Um, so, um, yeah, we'll we'll talk about motivation some, I guess. Um, and so far, this episode has been good. And and you know, as a podcast host, you know, I, I kind of hate to like direct the conversation in a certain direction and and kind of have a pre-determined thing that we're going to talk about um, because it, yeah, it's cool where the conversation go and the different things we can talk about. Yeah. And, sure. Um. Yeah. So uh, when you think about uh, motivation, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Yeah. So I guess for me, it kind of depends on what area of my life I'm looking at, right? Like if I'm looking at my studies, motivation just for me means like the determination to get through something, right? Whereas um, if I'm looking more at my writing, for instance, it's like, you know, an eagerness to do it, but also like an an eagerness to sit down and write and, you know, just let my creativity flow. But it also means like motivation to actually put it into my schedule, right? And to, you know, meet certain goals. Um, Just because I find that for a lot of writers, um, like if you let your writing get sidelined, it just never happens, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you definitely need that motivation. You need, I guess, like I said earlier, determination um, to actually be actively working on um, even the things you love, right? Like you may love writing, but like I said, it's very easy for that to just get sidelined and forgotten about. Um, so you definitely need that motivation to keep pressing forward and mm-hmm. keep keep writing, keep creating, right? Mm-hmm. So what are some things, I don't know if you maybe already answered this a little bit, but I was going to ask, what are some things that have motivated you as a writer? Yeah, so that's a really good question. And again, it's, I think, multifaceted, right? There's a lot of different angles I can look at this. In large part, I just love writing, right? It's a passion. I find there's this thrill when you create something new, you create a character or, you know, you build an entire world just using your imagination, right? There's something amazing about that. Um, And then getting to share it with other people as well. It's really cool feeling um, when people can start exploring something you've created and interacting with it and finding things that they love about it that you hadn't even seen, right? Like often um, when I talk about books, um, you know, either with their writers, since I'm well connected, uh, well connected with beginning writers, right? Um, what I'll find is that I often pick out themes and messages that speak to me. And they're like, wow, that's amazing that you found that because, you know, for me, I was looking at this, but I can see that still, right? And so stories connect with people in different ways. And that's just really cool to me as well. And so, yeah, just seeing that creation come together, seeing how it impacts people, it can be really amazing and beautiful. And then, mm-hmm. but so I was saying earlier, like my faith influences my writing. I just want to dive into that really quickly because I believe what I often say is that story is a conduit for truth, right? Um, stories just have this ability 
to portray truth and light that few other things have. And I actually think that's really well reflected in the Bible, right? I think there's definitely a reason why Jesus chose to speak in parables a lot of the time, because those stories, you know, they just get our minds going and they make us think. If you think of, I believe it was the prophet was Nathan who confronted David about his sin, right? He started with a story, right? And that story actually got David um, like really upset and emotional. And then David used that to show him really profound truth, right? And so that's just another thing that I love about stories. And I think it's why it's, I, I think that's why it's worthwhile to write because if you can show truth and you can show light in your stories, then you can change lives, right? Um, and, you know, not necessarily even like, so again, I'll touch on this very briefly. But um, you'll see in a lot of Christian media kind of like these heavy-handed themes that are seemingly supposed to convert people, right? Um, but I don't think stories have to do that. Um, in fact, often I feel that the more heavy-handed a theme is, the less it works. But really, really what I find is that stories can show biblical truths and they can show God's light. Um, even if they don't expressly say that, even if you know they don't use um, God's name, right? Um, but they can still point people towards him. And sometimes those influences can have broader impacts because they start asking questions, you know, they start having more candid conversations, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so books can't necessarily bring people to Christ, but they can certainly get people asking questions, like I said, and start moving them along that path, right? And they can also deepen a person's faith. And, you know, even if they are already a Christian, um, you know, we still, we're still learning, we're still growing, and stories have a really important place to play in that growth, I feel. Yeah, it can be hard. Uh, this is a content creator with a busy schedule just to stay motivated to keep um, creating. But I love what you shared there. And I think that, you know, anybody, any writer who, um, yeah, does continue creating and putting out their stuff, mm -hmm. um, they, you know, and, and the reach that their stuff has makes it, they, they know that it makes it worth it. And that's kind of what keeps them motivated to keep going on and keep sharing. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I'm trying to think how to continue here. <laughs> you know, the, if, if there was somebody who You know, I think it's as Christians, um, you know, we're all called to be a light, and we, you know, every one of us has a stage. Um, but I know, you know, maybe some Christians they they're just afraid, maybe to use their voice, maybe afraid to to let their light shine. Um, mm -hmm. What is, you know, and I can ask this question to a bunch of different people, but um, what what is something that you would say to motivate somebody maybe who's, yeah, just afraid to, um, to be a light? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, and, you know, that's definitely something as well that, like, as a creator I've struggled with, right? These thoughts that, like, even though I want to live for Christ, like, you know, what if my book... Um, doesn't make it because I'm a Christian, you know, what if um, it gets canceled because of the themes in it or whatever, right? And I think um, for believers who are also content creators, most of them at some point have probably had similar thoughts. Um, now, I just want to say this, is that it's absolutely worth it to still write for Christ, mm -hmm. right? Um, just because his approval matters so much more than anything you could ever find on this earth. And I would even go so far as to say that, like, even if your book only reaches 10 people um, because 
because of your beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as you wrote it for Christ and you glorify him in your life, I still think it's worth it, you know? Um, and that said, I've actually seen, like, I'm seeing some really positive, encouraging things in Christian media right now. Um, as Christian storytellers start delving into deep topics and, you know, start, I guess, venturing into scarier waters, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for a long time, Christian media, particularly Christian stories, I feel that they've been bogged down by trying to stay clean, right? They're not so much worried about um, actually shining light. They're just worried about being clean in their content. And as a result, they can often feel weak, right? Um, like there's not, there's not a proper story there, which isn't to say that clean fiction is bad, right? Um, that's by no means what I'm getting at. Um, but when our metric for a good Christian story is, you know, it made us feel safe and comfortable, I think we have a problem, right? Um, so I think that Christian storytellers should be able to kind of step out of their comfort zones, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and explore those harder, deeper truths. And it won't be easy. Like, you definitely have to proceed with caution and, you know, pray over your work regularly. Um, but yeah, again, just like writing for God, living for God, mm-hmm. um, that's really what matters. And then I think, yeah, so I already said this, sorry if I'm uh, sounding like a broken record, mm-hmm. but a story doesn't even have to mention God's name mm-hmm. to bring glory to him, right? And a great example of this um, that I just read a few weeks ago is Dust by Chris Swanson. Um, she's a Christian author, if you've heard of her. Mm-hmm. And yes. yeah, um, I read both of her books. Yeah. Yeah, so in Dust, um, basically, she just has some really powerful themes about, like, identity and belonging, and then, you know, the importance of truth, and just all of these intricate, intricate themes, and the closest she ever got um, to saying God's name was referencing the maker of the stars, right? Um, but still, you can see that that positive influence, right? Mm-hmm. That she's writing this for Christ and that so much of this is biblically grounded. But um, what I find really awesome about the series is that so often when we label something as Christian fiction, and again, Christian fiction has its place when we're writing for Christians. Um, but when we label something as Christian, um, often we will lose an important opportunity to reach out to non-Christians and to share God's light with them, right? Um, and so what Dust did is, again, it had these awesome biblically grounded messages and it could reach out to a broad audience and to share those, those messages with so many people, right? And that was one of the things that I really loved about it and that I really found beautiful. Um, Mm-hmm. Using an example from another, uh, this isn't story related, but Switchfoot is an awesome Christian band. Um, and the thing about them is that, so they don't actually label themselves as a Christian band, but they don't hide their faith, right? And so they make music that everybody can enjoy, um, no matter what your beliefs are but their music still points back to God, right? It still glorifies him. And I think that's another great example of being able to reach out to non-Christians and to witness to them, right? Um, Without having to, you know, be so, I guess, again, heavy-handed in your themes um, that only Christians will enjoy what you're saying. So, sorry, that was a very, very long answer to your question. but just kind of to get back to what you'd originally asked about, you know, what what I would say to Christians who are, you know, struggling um, with doubts about putting their faith into their work is that, um, so yeah, just to summarize, you can still glorify God um, through your themes, through your messages um, without being heavy handed. And mm-hmm. then second, 
you know, doing everything for him, in the end, it's so worth it, right? Um, it'll pay off because his his praise and um, yeah, his his love is worth more than anything the world could ever give. Mm-hmm. That was good. Um, I can't think of any other questions to ask. Um, yeah. So I just, um, just one final, I guess, clo- yeah, if, is it, I don't know if there's anything else you want to say. Um, uh, um, not much springs to mind. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I'll mention just very briefly on the topic of motivation um, is that for anyone out there who's struggling to write or, you know, just to create in general, whether that's painting, music, writing, anything you can think of. Um, what I would say is like I already mentioned, like, you know, let your faith breathe into it, pray over it. Right. Um, and then also set aside time for it. Like if it matters to you and you feel that this can this is important that you know it can reach the world, it can have a positive impact, then make sure you have time for it. And I know there are seasons, right? Um, currently, I'm not writing much because I'm in the middle of midterms, right? And you know, sometimes you'll just hit one of those periods where you can't create, and that can be frustrating. But you know, as soon as you find time, you know, if this truly matters to you, if it's important to you, set aside time for it. You know, make the time to just sit down and create. And I think that's something that, um, especially a lot of people who are just starting out, if they don't quite have the confidence in themselves, uh, you know, to believe that this matters, is really easy to just lose that motivation. Um, but yeah, make time for it and mm-hmm. believe that you know, if you're walking with God, this can this can really impact things. It can impact people's lives, and it can have a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so. If my listeners wanted to find out more about you, where could they? Yeah, so I think probably the best place would be Instagram at the moment. Um, I run a page there. So Jonathan Babcock writes. Um, I post typically twice a week. Um, One post is about... um, looking at stories more critically, like thinking them through and actually trying to find deeper meaning, trying to, yeah, really, really think through it instead of just blindly consuming media, right? Mm-hmm. And then the other post is usually about um, creating. So generally that's focused on writing, um, but just in general, I like to, um, you know, help writers, but encourage people um, and motivate them to keep creating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, again, that's Jonathan Babcock writes, and hopefully, as I move on, you know, with uh, building a website, for instance, then you can hear more about that there. Mm-hmm. So I'll have a link to your Instagram in the description of this, and then also, um, I'll tag you on my Instagram post when when I share this episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fantastic, yeah. Uh, All right. Yeah, well, thank you so much for being a guest on my podcast. I think that's everything. Yeah. I'm just going to stop. It's a pleasure to be here. Mm-hmm. enjoyed talking with you. Mm-hmm. Wow, that was really good. I just got done listening to my conversation with Jonathan. And yeah. It, you know, it was good, but of course I said that about everything. I said that about every book I read, about every movie I watch. I said that about everything. Um, I really enjoyed listening to this while I was editing it. Um, I really loved my guest's thoughts on motivation. And, and you know how you're sharing how just... One thing that really motivates him... Uh, I think he said, and I hope I'm not putting words in his mouth... Um, it's just the fact that his his works, his written stuff is, and is just in you know shining a light in people's lives, um, or yeah, 
I think that's what we talked about. Um, I know, I, just, I said I just listened to it, and now I'm trying to remember what he said. Um, but, yeah, like, that's very motivating, just knowing that, you know, and, and, and so, you know, no matter who you are, you know, you, you know, you might not be a content creator, you might not be a writer, you might not be a podcaster, but those aren't the only, these aren't the only ways to, sh you know, to, to be a light for Jesus. There's other ways to do that, and, um... And so I just want to encourage you to think about, you know, this week uh, and right, right after I'm done with this episode here or right now, I just want to encourage you to think about a, a way that you can just be a light for Jesus. Um, you know, just, or what is one way you can shine um, some light into someone else's life this week? Uh, and it, yeah, if you need motivation, so yeah, some motivation for that, just listen to this episode again because, you know, Really good episode, really good conversation with Jonathan. Yeah, if you listen this far in the episode, I'm, I'm sure you enjoyed it. So please connect with me on social media and share your thoughts. Also, I'm going to tag my guest on Instagram, so make sure you're following the Sunshining NCR on Instagram. Uh, I'll, I'll also have a link to his Instagram in the description of this as well. Uh, but yeah, the episode's, the episode's not over yet. I still have uh, the verse of the week and the song of the week to share with you, so let me do that right quick. So I should share the song of the week first and then verse of the week just to close on a more serious tone, I guess. So the song for the week, and I, and I picked a few songs for this week uh, that kind of were kind of adventure -y. So the one song is Adventure Time by Brad G. Kids. And I know it's a kid's song, but I love it so much. One of my favorite artists uh, also um, sings, is featured on that song and sings um, along with Brad G. Kids, Jimmy Grace. Um, and so, yeah, Adventure Time by Brad G. Kids featuring Jimmy Grace. A really good song. I don't care how old you are. I don't care whether or not you have... Yeah young siblings like I do, <laughs> um, I encourage you to look up that song and listen to it. I mean, that's probably, I don't know that, I mean, I don't know if part of the reason I love kids songs is because I have lots of, you know, sibling, young siblings or yeah, that's probably part of the reason. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Bradgy, um, Adventure Time by Bradgy Kids, great song. Look it up, listen to it. Um, And, yeah, I mean, but life is, you know, it's so hard as a podcaster because I'm trying to think of, like, inspirational, powerful things to say <laughs> on the spot without even taking notes for it. Um, but, yeah, no, it, so, um, life is more than an adventure. It's about, yeah, giving glory to God. Another song for people who are a little bit more grown up, because I, I know I opened up in the intro uh, talking about Crocs a lot. So, Crocs from the Beach by Cousins. And so, you know, as I was taking notes for this episode, you know, I was take I picked these different songs out, that song out, and I took all those notes about Crocs. Before I uh, contacted, I actually contacted one of the singers uh, f that kind of behind the song Crocs on the Beach. So, I, you know, yeah, you know, I love Crocs. Crocs on the Beach is a really good song. I uh, encourage you to look that up and listen to it as well. Um, and I'm going to have that guy on my uh, podcast next week. Um, so stay tuned for that. And I'll have to have a different song of the week next week. Unless I have the same, unless I have Crocs on the Beach as this as the song of the week two weeks in a row. Who knows? Because I may, well, yeah, we'll see what ne the next week's episode looks like. And, um, another song, you know, this, this, this week, you know, I have more than just one song of the week. Uh, one more, one more song that's really good. Just speaking, you know, that's kind of on the topic of adventure is Oceans by Hillsong. Because I really love the course of Oceans. You know, I love worship songs and I love Oceans. It's actually been a while since I've sung it, so I'm trying to remember the course. But, you know, you, um... Uh, <laughs> 
yeah, he calls us out upon the water, you know, and, and, yeah, following Jesus is an adventure, but it's not always easy. Sometimes it's deep. Sometimes there's waves, you know, sometimes there's storms. Uh, yeah. So check out all three of the songs. If you read the podcast notes on Medium, you can read the titles of these songs in case you don't remember me. I have, because I know me personally, I struggle when I hear people, you know, saying the names of something. I'm always afraid. I guess one of my biggest fears is just afraid um, that I'll forget the name of it and not be able to look it up. Because I love to be able to look things up. Like, you know, like when I'm listening to other podcasts or watching other people's YouTube videos or whatever, and they're sharing about different things, like different movies that they've either acted in or movies that they like or songs they like or books they like or people that or whatever i'm always afraid i'm gonna forget those names and forget to look them up so that's why i encourage you to read the podcast notes for the sunshine podcast on medium uh and yeah it's all all this song of the week stuff is written out there uh so those are great songs okay let's move on to the verse for the week it's actually it's actually a passage it's actually the the bible passage where Peter walks on water. And speaking, so I didn't have this in my notes, but just as I said that phrase, this is the passage about Peter walking on water. Remind me of a song by, uh, their name is really hard to pronounce. Uh, um, but Walk on Waves, I think, is the name of the song. Really good song. I love that song. Oh, I, I listen to, yeah, Christian radio is my favorite. I love Christian radio and Christian music. And I, that song, I'm going to have to play it after I'm done recording this outro here, but let me get to the, yeah, let me get to the, the passage here. Um, yeah, I'll just start reading it here. It's Matthew 14, 22 through 32. And, you know, even though this is like 10 verses, it's still highly out of context. You know, there's, um, earlier on in this passage, I think Jesus feeds 5,000 or whatever, and then he sends his disciples out on a boat, and he goes up in a mountain to pray, and then, um, oh yeah, that's where this verse starts at. So let me, re let me start here in this verse here. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship, and to go before him onto the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray, and when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. I love that. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on water to go to Jesus. But when the, but when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. And once again, that was Matthew 14, 22 through 32. So I don't know about you and who you are and how much Bible study you do, but there's lots of amazing stuff in the Bible. So if you don't have, you know, a physical a physical copy of God's Word, you should check out the YouVersion Bible app available for iOS and Android. Yeah. And get into God's Word and, and maybe read, you know, the entire chapter of Matthew 14 or, or, you know, maybe just start... You know, Matthew is the first book of the New Testament and the New, the New Testament is a great place to start reading the Bible if you don't know where to start reading the Bible. Um, and if you want more, you know help with Bible study, you know, feel free to connect with me. I'd love to answer all your questions about Bible study. Yeah. 
that that's that's it for um this here but like i, I keep jumping around on my notes here <laughs> because right after i read the passage i was gonna say one of the reasons i picked this passage is because you know it, it's a pretty adventurous thing to step out on water and yeah you know and sometimes you know adventure can be scary um and so yeah like like i say on different episodes of my episodes you know i don't know who you are and i don't know you know maybe you're maybe you have been a long time christian and and you know following jesus you know yeah no matter how long you've been following him can be scary um and nerve-wracking because you know jesus is always calling us to go further and to keep following him and yeah so i don't i don't know where you're at in your journey and maybe you know maybe you maybe you're new to this christianity thing that's so awesome um yeah just want to encourage you to keep following jesus yeah whether you're new to it or whether you're a long time follower of jesus and if you know if you're new love to connect with you and I'm glad that my podcast can just play, play a part in your walk with Jesus. Well, I've probably said, yeah, enough for today. This has been a really good episode. I've really enjoyed this time with you today. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. Stay tuned for future episodes of the Sunshining Podcast. Mm-hmm.